You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to episode number 23 of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me today, like every day, from Blogging the Boys, it's RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? What is up, Stats? Que onda, my dude? How goes it? I'm on a boat. No, just kidding, I'm not. Uh, I wish I were. Uh, I really don't like boats. Um, I recognize that they're a fine mode of transportation, more of a plane guy, more of a car guy bike, bicycle, rollerblade, scooter, golf cart type of thing. But it's good to be with you. Good to see your face. Good to hear your voice. Uh, I'm a big fan of you, as is Kellen Arp. Uh, congratulations to all of us at the SB Nation NFL Show Stats. As you know, we soared past 100 ratings last week throughout the Super Bowl, like we were on a speedboat. And Kellen Arp left a review on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and I, I chose this one specifically because, uh, well, I'm, I know that, you know, I play to the host, play to the vanity here. Uh, the title of the review is The Best NFL Podcast, starting off rather strong, says, love the daily updates and entertaining shows, both of which include us sets, and sorry, Whitney is the GOAT anthem. I'm sure Boom. he's... T- I think he's talking about Whitney Medworth, who does a lot of fantastic work for SB Nation. Uh, but, you know, to each his own, there was no description in terms of what Whitney is being mentioned. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll take it how I want to take a stats. I mean, I don't want to disparage any of the fine, fine work that Whitney Medworth <laughs> is doing. I'm just going to point out that we did have an anthem discussion involving Whitney Houston. And nice to see a rational human being that agrees with me. Mm, yeah, you guys are really, really uh, super, you know, coming to your own conclusions here. Whitney Houston is the best national anthem of all time. The Wire. I, I've been telling you, Stats, I'm the only person that thinks The Wire is the best television show of all time. All right. You know, watch out for my super unique takes here. I have never seen a single second of The Wire, so Neither I can't argue I. with you. It, I, it, I haven't either. Oh, well, then that just seems weird. Uh, So we're going to do a couple different things on this show. Quarterback rumors are dominating the day because it's the offseason now officially. And so we've got some interesting happenings going on in Seattle, of all places. One of the few places that we figured would not have quarterback issues this offseason. Russell Wilson is causing a little bit of an uproar there. The Texans are in the process of revamping their organization, possibly in an effort to appease Deshaun Watson. So we're going to go through that whole thing. And we're going to do a little post-mortem on the Chiefs here as they now try and reconfigure things to make a run in 2021. I noticed you went nautical to start the show. Is that because the Buccaneers are currently on their boat parade celebrating their championship? It is uh, the Nina and the Pinta, the Santa Maria. I'm on a boat. I brought my flippy floppies, all that jazz. Um, I know, and I know that you know, Stets, that the boat parade was done in order to comply with COVID-19 protocols. I think it's fantastic that the Buccaneers organization found a way to still have a parade. 
all of that aside, and I maintain that that is the most important priority, I think this was a wonderful evolution of the parade. They are the Buccaneers, you know? Like, this would, <laughs> this would be weird if, you know, the, I don't know, the Broncos were having a boat parade. It This should always be the case. <laughs> like, you know, like, I know that the Bucks haven't won a ton of Super Bowls. Maybe that'll change in the near future. But I, I'm a fan of this. I think I've said before here on The Look Ahead, I like when teams have mascot-specific stuff. Uh, like like when teams have Ring of Honors, I think that they should be named in in theme with their mascot. Like the Denver Broncos, it should be called like the Stable of Honor, right? You know, like to go in, in line with the Bronco theme. So I love that the Bucks ended up on a bunch of boats. It really is super cool to me. Here's the thing, though. I agree with you. I like that we are evolving the parade because that's a cool idea. But they didn't come up with this on their own. The Tampa Bay Lightning were the first team to have a boat parade. So, they, you know, I don't think it's a team specific thing. I think they're just sort of copying what the Lightning did. Sure. But see, the Lightning, now they need to float around in clouds. You know what I mean? If we're going <laughs> to if we're going to do this right. Um, but it is cool. I'm happy that they I think if you win the Super Bowl, you deserve everything you deserve to boast from the mountaintop that you're the best you deserve to have as many adult beverages as you want responsibly of course on a boat on a uh, fire truck or whatever the case may be wherever they're carried I love the boat angle here I wish that I haven't seen any of the bucks wearing like a pirate hat that's that's where it's fallen short just a little bit for me Uh, but other than that really good actually what's your favorite pirate themed thing in life stats my favorite pirate themed thing? Yeah. Anything that has to do with a pirate. I, I don't know. The diet? I, I don't know. The diet? What are you talking about? Don't they eat like a lot of meat? Oh, so like the dietary stylings? <laughs> I don't know. I got to be honest. I didn't brush up on my pirate paraphernalia before we started the show. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. I think it's an underrated soundtrack as far as movie scores go. So that was kind of the answer we were looking for here. Thanks for playing, though, here on the Look Ahead Stats. All right, let me make up for it. What is a pirate's favorite letter? It's it's one half of my name. I can tell you that. What is it? It's J. (sighs) (laughs) Never mind. I'm just moving on. I'm just moving on. Let's move on. Okay. Speaking of things that, no, you know what? I can't even do that segue. Let's go to Seattle now where something stinks in Seattle and it ain't the fish market, RJ. Russell Wilson is throwing a mini temper tantrum. What? Why are you making that face? I just saw a tweet. Albert Breer tweeted it out. I don't know which one of the bucks, but one of the bucks threw, uh, oh, um, Somebody threw it to Tom Brady, the Lombardi Trophy. What do you mean, threw it from boat to boat? Yeah, I'm watching it right now. I think, no, I think Tom threw it, uh, but he threw it like underhand. <laughs> like, well, yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna rear back and throw it like it's a football. Oh my gosh, that is. But still, like, I saw because Albert Breer tweeted it and said this legit stressed me out, and I had nothing to lose. Um, NFL game day, just tweet it out if you want to see it. <laughs> well, listen, because the Super Bowl trophy is extremely top heavy from what everybody says. So it's not an easy throw. Like you can't just toss it because it's it's not going to travel the way you expect it to travel. Right. I mean, we, we saw Gronk dent it. Remember, he dented it when he won his last one with the Patriots. Right. So, I mean, would you be stunned if one member of the Buccaneers dropped it and it sank? Does the uh. Lombardi trophy even sink or does it float? 
I, I, it has to sink. Although, I mean, this, they're not like in the, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. Like, I don't know how, how deep this, this water is, but, but yeah, like if it, if it hits the water, it's, it's sinking however far. And if it hits the boat, <laughs> like it, 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 it breaks. I mean, I don't know, but that was awesome. Sorry. That freaked me out. <laughs> I, I think if it hits the water, then whoever recovers it is then the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like I the like Chiefs it. need to have a sleeper agent in the crowd somewhere so that yeah. they could just dive and get it. Andy Reid's just like in a scuba suit, like underneath, like waiting for it for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Seattle now. Um, just looking at this thing, RJ, I do not think that we should be surprised. I don't think this is a thing where all of a sudden Russell Wilson woke up this month and was like, you know what? I'm mad at the Seahawks. If you go back and sort of look at the timeline of this thing, it started last year in the off season when he said, Hey, let's treat every quarter like the fourth quarter that sort of kicked off the whole let Russ cook campaign. He started that the guy that ends every interview with go Hawks publicly criticized the team. Now we find out. And he later earlier this month, he said we were too passive on offense. And then Jason Lock and Ford comes out of nowhere with this report. The teams tried to trade for Russell Wilson. Then lo and behold, we've got Wilson saying that they were too passive on offense. That's the second straight criticism of the team in the second straight offseason. Then Wilson goes on DP and is like, hey, I'm getting hit too much. I want more say in personnel. And when asked if he was available, said, I don't know if I'm available. Ask the Seahawks. I've always associated Russell Wilson, just like Galinda, just like Alphaba, with the Emerald City. Um, it's a very strange idea to consider him moving on from them. I remember stats when when Brett Favre wanted out of Green Bay. And as as a young whippersnapper at the time, I would tell anybody that would listen, I would say, this is silly. Brett Favre thinks he's bigger than the Green Bay Packers. He's not bigger than the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson might be bigger than the Seattle Seahawks, right? <laughs> like, like, like this... This doesn't happen the same way if, if he plays for a different franchise. Do you agree, like, in, in theory, just a little bit? Mm, I kind of see your point. It's not as if the Seahawks have a storied history. Right. He's he's unquestionably the greatest Seahawk of all time, right? Yes. At, at this point. I mean, maybe maybe you have your people who who hold on to the, the days of Earl Thomas or Richard Sherman or whatever. The, but nobody's like, Malcolm Smith's the greatest Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, the greatest Seahawk of all time. Um I, I also think we talk so much about how the NFL is a copycat league. I think that players look at what Tom Brady did and are really jealous, right? They're really jealous that, you know, he had everything set up. And a lot of that was was Brady, but a lot of that was the Buccaneers. We talked about that right after the Super Bowl and how we admired that they said, who cares? Pour it all on. We'll get Gronk. We'll get Antonio Brown. We'll get Leonard Fournette. I know those are, are skilled players, but um, but but the, the Seahawks problems – have been their problems, right? Like their offensive line has been bad for a long time. And they, they have struck the, yeah, now they have DK Metcalf and maybe so a lot of people are, are pointing to that saying, well, what's Russell talking about? And you know, needs weapons. He went through a drought, you know, like, I mean, it was Jermaine curse and Ricardo Lockett is, is Ricardo Lockett was almost a Super Bowl MVP himself, you know, like, like that's, and so I get it. Um, I, I do. And I do think that Russell's individual, brand whatever you want to call it has reached a point and he also has a, a veteranness about him this is what his 10th year he's entering in the nfl so he has the stature to say this um whether i know some people will disagree you have a contract signed a contract whatever i i get it the guy knows the clock's ticking and, and he doesn't want to end his career with just one ring 
He's been sacked 394 times in his career. He was sacked 47 times last year, 48 in 2019, which led the league, and 51 in 2018. So you could understand his frustration with taking hits. Now, I will say some of that is on him because they hold the ball for a very, he holds the ball for a very long time and that you can't, you know, ask your offensive line to block for six, seven seconds every time. What I thought was even more interesting was Brandon Marshall, who, by the way, used to play there, was talking. I believe it was with FS1. And he said a whole bunch of stuff. He said Russell Wilson was, quote, beyond frustrated with the Seahawks. He said that he doesn't think that the team believes in in Russ. And in fact, went far to say, I know they don't believe in Russ to throw the ball 30 times because I was there. And he said that he thinks Russ is looking for a classy way out of town. You know, when I first saw the reports that oh, Russ is unhappy, I was like, okay, he's sort of putting the team on notice. And then once all this other stuff came out, I think I'm changing that to he put the team on notice last year. And this year, maybe he really does want out. Do you remember... I, I only know this obviously is is my life living lives mostly in the NFC East. There was like a, a point in time where Russ was connected to the New York Giants. Do you remember yes. that? And and so I, I could see him wanting to get to because he is Russell Wilson, Mr. Microsoft Surface and all that, I could see him wanting to get to a big market. And and he knows he's extremely talented and and he knows that that talent is is kind of difficult now to to sort of, you know, be enough. And I don't think that's a knock on Russell Wilson by any means. I I will say I I don't take the Brandon Marshall comments at enormous face value, not not to, you know, poo-poo Brandon Marshall by any means, but if Golden Tate said this, if, you know, I don't know. Cliff Averill said this. I would I would take it a little bit differently, but you know, Brandon Marshall was there for a cup of coffee, you know, like relatively speaking. And so I I just don't know that I I believe Brandon Marshall to be the most accurate speaker on behalf of Russell Wilson, but maybe he is. And and the fact that it's even out there though is what's stirring up this mess. And as we enter, you know, I, I would imagine if if Russell Wilson is potentially on the move. In fact, um on Tuesday. Uh, Ian Rappaport was on the Rich Eisen show and he was asked about this. And at the end, he said, you know, he was asking about who gets traded, whatever. He said, probably not. But the fact that it's even probably not was about Russell Wilson. I know I'm making this a large mess. I I haven't had the Diet Coke I told stats I was going to drink before we started this show. So I'm, I'm not totally organized. But he said, probably not in regards to Russell Wilson getting traded from the Seahawks. The fact that that's not like a, a stone cold no way is... Like when when the Lions reportedly asked about Aaron Donald, like respect, you asked, of course you're going to ask, but but the Rams were like, nice anyway, you know, and then they moved on to their talk. <laughs> but like like again, the fact that th- this is like not something that is laughed at is alarming to me. I I've said before, I know other people say it on this Nation NFL show. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. He's my favorite non-cowboy in the NFL at the moment. Here's why I put a little more stock in the Brandon Marshall comments. One of the things Brandon Marshall said was he complained about the offensive line and he specifically complained about the center. Now, I could be wrong. Brandon Marshall could be breaking down film, watching everything very, very closely. But I tend to think when I see that, is a wide receiver really going to complain about the center? To me, you know who complains about the center? The quarterback, the dude that has his hands under his butt before every single play. So to me, the fact that Marshall mentioned the center makes me think that Russ mentioned it to him. And that's why he was bringing it up. And don't forget, we had the reports of teams calling and asking about a trade for Russell Wilson before 
the Russell Wilson comments about, or the, the lock and four or rather report about him being frustrated with taking all the hits. So I wonder if Russ's agent wasn't putting it out there that, Hey, my guy's a little frustrated and teams heard that and then said, let's call him up. Let's call John Schneider. Let's see if we can, you know, make a big deal here. To me, when I look at the timeline of how all these things come together, I think that this is maybe it's not the level of rage that we seem to see with Deshaun Watson and the Texans, but I don't think this is nothing. And if I was a Seahawks fan, I would be very worried because if I had to put my chips in the table, RJ, I would say that Russell Wilson does not finish his career in Seattle. I agree with that. I um, Let's play hypothetical because that's, I guess, what we're doing here today. I'm about to work on this Diet Coke, by the way. I'm really excited about it. Um, you asked BLG on the podcast this week. Um, you kind of asked him to compare Carson Wentz to, you know, different options that are seemingly going to be available at the quarterback position this offseason. If Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are both on the market, and and I know you asked BLG partly uh, to remove the context of contracts and things like that, but let's introduce that factor because it is a very real factor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Russ, as great as he is, I, I believe he's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson easily, but I think people would factor age in, in terms of acquisition costs. And so I don't think he would cost as much as Deshaun Watson. I would prefer if I'm generic NFL Team X that my team go get Russell Wilson as opposed to Deshaun Watson. Oh, man, that is a very good question. Watson is younger. They both have contracts that are pretty much settled. Um, I I do think Wilson is better, but I don't think the gap is that big. So I think I might actually go with Deshaun Watson. Um, I do think that part of the reason that Russ holds the ball so long is because it takes him a little longer to see the field because he's shorter than Deshaun Watson. Not that that's a huge thing, but I think Deshaun takes better care of his offensive line, if that makes sense. So it's I'm like really splitting hairs here, but I, I have to go Watson over the over Wilson. But if I was the team that ended up with Wilson instead of Watson, I wouldn't be that upset either. See, I know you are also partial to Deshaun Watson because he might be the one that and there's no way Russell ends up in San Francisco. You know what I mean? Like that that's impossible. Well this is the crazy <laughs> thing. So uh points bet actually put out odds for where Russell Wilson can end up. And somehow, I don't know how, he they have the 49ers at fifth best odds in the NFL at plus 900, which is insane because there's no way the Seahawks are trading him in the division. That's true. So I kind of remember Russ being linked to the Eagles in, in the draft process. Um, maybe, maybe my mind is, is clouding that. That was obviously now nine years ago. But that would see like I do think the market would would be important for Russ. I mean, he he has a conglomerate of, you know, who his entity and brand is and everything. Philadelphia certainly makes sense. Very prompt. Like Russell's not going to a Jacksonville is my point. You know what I mean? And so I think Philadelphia would make sense. That would really suck. Honestly, as a Cowboys fan, um, I, think, <laughs> I think the Jets, the Jets make a lot of sense, too. Um, and, and that relationship is there. Jermaine Curse was, was traded to the Jets from the Seahawks. And so um, that that would be fun. I would that would be really I'm not interesting. Sure. I'm not sure the Jermaine Curse transaction has much relevance. In I'm this just case. saying there's there's a historical precedent for deals to be made between the two organizations. That's OK, all. do you want to guess who the points bet has as the number one team that would have Russell Wilson? Ooh, um, number one, number one. Give me a clue. A vague clue. AFC. Oh, AFC. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are on the list. They are last at plus 1,300. But the team I'm referring to with the best odds, again, according to points bet to 
acquire Russell Wilson. The Las Vegas Raiders Ew. plus four fifty. Don't put Russ in John Gruden's offense. That yeah, but but Russ's deep ball to Henry Ruggs. Oh, I, I, mean, I will I will offer this. How about you mentioned Russ's height, which has been something he's obviously dealt with his entire career and, and been a factor. Another team that is very accustomed to having a quarterback of that almost exact specific height that suddenly has a need at the quarterback position. Another team that has a history of trades with the Seattle Seahawks, a very big trade now, uh, six, five, six years ago, the New Orleans Saints. That would be fun. That would be fun, and I'm sure Sean Payton would absolutely love to get his hands on Russell Wilson. I mean, what a perfect transition to go from Drew Brees to Russell Wilson. The problem is the Saints are already $100 million over the cap. (laughs) I have no idea how they're going to make any sort of moves. Um, So just to go down the list here, the Raiders at plus 450. Number two on the list, you should be very intrigued, RJ, because it is your Dallas Cowboys. And I will point out in an article that I sent you, Mike Florio himself specifically said, Watch out for the Cowboys in this situation because if they cannot come to an agreement with Dak Prescott, it's possible that they try and swing something. And I got to tell you, that does make a lot of sense. It lines up with the brand, lines up with the market, lines up with all those interests. Lots of of history between the Cowboys and Seahawks, although mostly recently of a trade not consummating by way of Earl Thomas. Um, I, I will be pissed if the Cowboys let Dak Prescott walk. I won't be the guy that's like, I'm never rooting for this team again, but I will be pretty pissed off. Even if they got Russell Wilson? That's the only way that I'm calming down. Like, like almost instantly calming down. I would still be <laughs> bothered, but but it, it would be a, a very quick, you know, reaction. And, and again, like, it's cool when your favorite players end up playing on your favorite team, right? So that would be cool for me too. And it just has never felt possible. I, I don't want that to happen because I love Dak Prescott, but that that's that's the you know most preferable non-Dak option, obviously. Uh, let me just run down the list and then we can get back to that. The Cowboys at second at plus 650. The Jaguars are third at plus 750, which that deal would have to include the number one overall pick, you would imagine. Washington next at plus 800. Then the Niners, as I said, plus 900. The Broncos plus 1,000. The Colts plus 1,100. And the Dolphins plus 1,300. The Colts would be, I mean, you want to talk about going to a team with an offensive line. Here you go, Russ. Here's Quentin Nelson and a bunch of psychos in Indianapolis on the offensive line. And he would never get touched. Yeah, I mean, that would also, I would like the narrative of that, speaking for myself, just because how how many times, even against their own maybe beliefs, did Colts fans kick themselves for having Andrew Luck instead of Russell Wilson? Like, it, it was easy to do that. Andrew Luck was great, but now you get the opportunity to have two of the three quarterbacks from the 2012 <laughs> NFL draft class. So just get RG3 in there at some point and, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, I look at the Colts down there at plus 1,100, and I'm like, I don't, the Broncos, that doesn't seem right to me. But then I think about the odds that were out a year ago, oh, a year ago for Tom Brady. And the mm. Buccaneers were down on that. Like, I saw the Buccaneers on that list and be like, he's not going to Tampa Bay. That's not ha-. And where did he end up? Tampa Bay. Now, granted, that's because the 49ers said no thank you. But sometimes the lower teams on this list, you know, can surprise you. The Colts at plus 1,100, that's, to me, if I had to put some money down, that would be kind of an interesting thing. It would be very interesting, and I think that we are, and and Russell Wilson notwithstanding, but we are very close to the Seahawks' great run 
kind of really slowly dissipating. I know that you are very happy to hear that. Bobby Wagner is closer to the end of his career than he is the beginning. Obviously, much of that defensive nucleus has already gone on and played elsewhere. And and the coaching staff is, has moved on in different capacities as well. But, you know, what's left, right? Like it's, it's, it's Russell Wilson, it's Pete Carroll, and, you know, that's kind of it, right? Like, again, no, not not to discredit Bobby Wagner, but that it's those three dudes, and and the time is ticking on that. I mean, I can't believe how long it's been, um, but but I get being frustrated because like I think we'll we'll look back on them and say they should have won more. They they absolutely should have won more because of who they had going on in their roster. We are entering a different sort of age in the NFL, right? There, what do we say? There are two types of teams in the NFL: teams that have quarterbacks and teams that don't. Well, now there is a third type of team. It's the team that has the quarterback, but has to keep the quarterback happy, has to do the things around the quarterback to position them for success. The Houston Texans absolutely have not done that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. They won a Super Bowl. We're seeing from Russ, he's telling you that the Seahawks have not done that, and they have some work to do if they're going to sort of settle this whole thing down. I am excited to see where this goes. I do feel like this offseason is going to be fun and interesting. And I, I, I'll I, go back to the Adam Schefter number, the 18 and a half. Would you take the over under? Week one starters last year that are different. 18 and a half is more than half the league. I'm going to take the under, I think, but it might be like 16. You know, like if half the league's quarterbacks change teams, I still win this bet if I take the under. I think I'm going to go under, but... It's going to be close. If if Russell Wilson leaves, and speaking somewhat widely here, who's the best quarterback on the West Coast? Is it not Justin Herbert? Uh, just thinking Derek. Oh, no, he's not on the West Coast anymore. Um, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, who's, who else crazy. is even in contention? I mean, Deshaun Watson when he's on the 49ers, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, like, that's why I think you can count Vegas. I, I think, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, to kind of stretch it a little widely, I think you can maybe count Denver. Not that they're anywhere in the mix, but uh, but I'm just talking about the eligible teams. That's kind of crazy. I mean, it, it really is. And, um, you know, it speaks to how fast the NFL moves. You mentioned Vegas, so I'm going to go there. I know this this fired you up before the show. David Carr, a former Texans number one overall pick, says that the Raiders have received calls and offers for Derek Carr that they have, in fact, turned down. Now, that doesn't mean that the Raiders love him so much that they're never going to trade him. They could have gotten a bunch of crappy offers and just said no. But teams are calling. Teams are asking. And and if if we're going to hit that over number that you just talked about, stuff like this is going to have to happen. Yeah, but so first of all, like this doesn't shock me. You know what I mean? Like the news that Derek Carr has been, you know, sought by teams. Although it does kind of shock me because with the list of names that we're talking about potentially being available, Derek Carr would not be in my top 10, maybe, um, for, for next year. And and so I, I just, I don't know. Like the, the David Carr stuff is, we get it. You know, you're always going to give us a story or a ranking or some sort of analysis that boosts your brother up. And good for you, being a great brother. I'm an only child, so I don't understand this phenomenon phenomenon uh personally but um it just is is kind of i don't know it's kind of boring to me it's the same thing david carr we get it you love Derek carr that's fine i also <laughs> think there's a different category in, in it's applicable to, to both coaching staffs and quarterbacks but there's the being trapped category you guys talked about the chicago bears and carson wentz uh potentially being a match on on the podcast this week as well that is the worst possible situation if you're a Bears fan. And and it obviously works out great if Carson Wentz is awesome. But 
like I hate the coaching staff that that knows they're on borrowed time, right? That's running on empty. And 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 BLG even said it; they're the ones thinking, you know, let's just trade. And it's a it's a coaching staff, comp- you know, in combination with the front office. We're not going to be here if this doesn't work out. Let's try to save our asses, like Bill O'Brien did in Houston. And then you leave the team; everybody just kind of stuck. And I think a different version of that is what the Raiders are doing with Derek Carr. They they do have talented players there, but they're just burning the midnight oil, letting him flounder. This is an offseason where Adam Schefter thinks at least 19 quarterbacks are going to change. Be a part of the change. Be the change. Heal the world. All the fun stuff. Just do it. Gosh. Ugh. Yeah, you're right about Chicago. When the when the needs and goals of the coaching staff in the front office are at the complete opposite of what is best long term for the organization, you can't win that way. That is complete trouble. You have to either change the coaches or give them new deals to realign those goals so that everybody's pulling in the same direction. But I think the bears are the team that is desperate enough to make the move for Carson Wentz. And that's something we're going to get into. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at Carson Wentz, who might be able to make the move. And then we're going to also take a look ahead. See what I did there to the Kansas city chiefs. What do they have coming up this off season? How could their team be different in 2021? This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. All right, RJ, we have more quarterback stuff to dive into. We're going to get to the Carson Wentz, but I mentioned this earlier in the pod, and I want to make sure we do it. The Houston Texans are sort of realigning their organization. Their team president was Jamie Roots. He is resigning, quote-unquote resigning, from his position effective today. Now, you know, whether he's resigning or whether he's fired is up for debate. But supposedly he was the person that was responsible for firing the Texans head of communications there, who was very popular with the players, including Deshaun Watson, including J.J. Watt. Amy Palchik, I think, is her name. And if I got her name wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, But so now this person is supposedly out of the organization. Do you look at this as like the Texans trying to throw Watson an olive branch? I I don't. I think it's it's too difficult to... um to give them any ounce of credit at this point. What it, what it kind of feels like to me is, um, have you, um, you've seen Friends, right, Stats? Or are you one of these people that's like, Friends sucks, I don't like Friends? No, of course I've seen it. Okay. Do you remember, uh, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the show that ended in 2004, um, in season nine, when Joey and Rachel have a thing, they have like a little little romantical thing going on you're talking about? I, I recall that, yeah. Okay. And uh, I didn't watch the show at the time, um, but from what I understand, lots of friends, loyalists were pissed, right? Like, what are you doing? It's Ross and Rachel, not Joey and Rachel, whatever. But, you know, 
networks and TV writers do this because they want to boost in ratings, right? Like, well, crap, we're we're running low. We need something. Joey's in love with Rachel. <laughs> this feels like that to me. <laughs> like this, this feels like Joey's in love with Rachel. The whole gang's in Barbados. Ross is going to find out. He's going to be pissed. He's going to make fajitas, and and it's going to be really funny. And everybody tune in next Thursday at eight. Well, it kind of worked, didn't it? I don't think I, it only worked if Deshaun Watson's back. That's the only way anything is deemed ha- having worked to me. So Mike Florio tweeted, Jamie Roots wanted to resign from the Texans after the GM search resulted in the work of the search committee, which Jamie Roots was a part of being ignored. They totally ignored the search committee and hired Nick Casario. But according to Mike, he was persuaded to wait in order to keep the perception of organizational dysfunction from becoming even more pronounced. Sorry, Texans. It didn't work. You're a dumpster fire. Everybody knows it and everybody thinks it. Uh, So it looks like this wasn't an olive branch to Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I hope he sticks to his guns because the Texans are saying, no, 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 we're not going to trade him. But you can't have your quarterback be all in. And if he wants to force it, he can. And they can say no, 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 all they want. And maybe they wait and, and try and persuade it and wait till after the draft. But I don't think he's playing for the Texans in week one in 2021. I think he's only going to make it to the draft on the Texans roster because you can only trade two years worth of picks, right? So, like, I wonder if there's, like, a loophole, like, you can do it during the draft and then, you know, add in the 2023 picks, whatever the case may be, uh, that you couldn't do right now. Uh, Yeah, Ross and Rachel belong together, Texans. Don't try to introduce Joe into the mix. This is stupid. I can't believe you. Here's the thing, though. If they wait till after this year's draft, that takes a lot of the. Uh, this is a bad analogy, but it's the only thing I could think of. A lot of the bullets out of the Jets' gun because they have two first round picks this year and two first round picks next year. So they could have potentially offered four first round picks and only sort of messed up their draft capital for two years. If they wait till after the draft, the Jets obviously would be down those two first round picks. So. I'm going to put this in really vague terms. I, and I'm going to say, I don't know if this is possible, but let's say you're the Jets. I'm the Texans. Congratulations. You're the functional person in this relationship. That's um, never happened to us before, by the way. This is un- <laughs> uncharted territory. What so, do we do with our hands? So like one time in my fantasy football league, this is a bad example, but um, I wanted to trade for a pick, but we didn't have the the technology behind like with the, the platform we played on didn't support that. So it was just this kind of gentleman's agreement. Hey, dude, you draft that guy when the draft's over, we'll execute the trade. So couldn't it be that, right? Where like you and I have a handshake deal. And when you're on the clock with the picks that we have deemed that are going to be mine, you know, you call me up. Hey, RJ, I'm on the clock. Who do you want? Whatever. There's obviously a level of trust involved here. I say, I like player X. I like player Y, whatever picks are going to be. And then you p- take those players. And then when the draft is over, you trade me those players and the picks in 2022 and the picks that are now tradable in 2023. I traded Deshaun Watson, whatever the case. Again, it's it's not a perfect system, but to to avoid the you can't trade picks two years in advance rule. I mean, that is a huge amount of faith that Joe Douglas <laughs> would have to have a Nick Casario because, like, let's say you make that agreement, right? And then they and then bail. And you're Nick Casario. You have all the leverage, right? The Jets have messed up their draft picks because they've already picked guys that they're supposedly giving to you. So, like, I I can't see that. That would be an incredible sign of trust if that were to go down. Well, um, 
anything's possible. Uh, but that's the only way I think it's possible because you're right. If, 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 if we get past the draft this year and not only that, I mean, the draft is a long way away at that point too. How many teams have already traded for Carson Wentz or Jimmy Garoppolo or Russell Wilson or whatever the case may be? Like all, all of your landing spots have kind of filled up either by way of free agency, aka trades or, you know, the draft because other teams are going to be taking other quarterbacks as well. Right. Like if you're the 49ers and you're interested in Watson or even the Jets, like there comes a point where you have to decide, hey, we can't wait anymore because if we don't get Watson, we need to make a quarterback plan. And so there is a I don't know what that point is, but there is at some point in the offseason a make or break point for this trade to happen, because if they don't, then they're going to end up with a smaller market than they think, because the teams are going to have to figure out their own plans. That's why I think the Texans I, I get. I get that it's not a preferable option to, you know, call this, you know, as as a loss for you. But it's I, I don't know that there's any reason to doubt Deshaun Watson. And so it's in your best interest if you're the Texans. Like at this point, you've got to make lemonade out of these lemons. Right. And so it's in your best interest to do it now while the market is as great as it's going to be as much as it sucks. This is the biggest net return that you can possibly get. All right, let's move off of Deshaun Watson because there's going to be a long road, I think, before that actually happens. But one move that could happen potentially before this thing even gets posted is a trade of Carson Wentz. We keep hearing, you know, that the Eagles were close, that it was going to happen this week. I mean, this podcast is going up on Thursday. Supposedly, the Eagles have also reportedly said that they don't think they've gotten a fair offer for Carson Wentz. I don't know what's going to happen, RJ. What do you expect? Uh, Well, so um, I'm going to be pissed if this trade actually happens and the episode that we're recording is lost and we had to come back and redo it. Uh, But I won't be because then I get to talk to my friend stats more. Um, I I do think that where there's smoke, there's fire. I think it's very obvious as, as many other people do that the Eagles, this, this is a last second, you know, trust me, there's other people involved. You, you really want this, you know, and it's fine. The lowest I can go, but now you're, you're taking it from me. Just take it, just walk away. Just, just drop the money and leave. And and you can have Carson Wentz. I'm taking a huge loss on this. Don't worry. I, I, I hadn't thought about, I hate to keep shouting out the oddcast. I don't hate it. I love the oddcast, but um, BLG made a great point. I don't, I don't know why the, the, the Frank Wright connection's obvious, but, I don't know why the Colts would risk this. They, they're in such a great position as a franchise. They have so much stability there. Yes, Carson Wentz does represent a lottery ticket in a lot of senses, but he is also a team that really kind of became, or really also a player that kind of became ungrateful for all that the Eagles have given up for him and, and really you know, went up on Mount Pius and has yet to come down. You would imagine that, you know, the last few months have humbled him to a degree and maybe they have, and we just don't know that, but I I wouldn't want that. I I would not want that at the most important position in the NFL, especially the Colts have such a great culture of quarterbacks, right? Like, like all of their quarterbacks have been these really amicable and, and team friendly guys. It, it, it truly does seem like destiny for him to end up in Chicago and for the fight. This is the final, you know, piece in place for that firestorm to fully take off. I think we're going to find out exactly what the market for Carson Wentz was, because if he goes to Indianapolis because they're not desperate, like you said, I think it's going to be for like a third right. or two fours or something like that. If he ends up in Chicago, then maybe the market was a little better because I think the bears are desperate enough to go above and beyond anybody else. And then you sort of wind up with like a Matthew Stafford, like deal, like the, the, the you know, Stafford was traded for an incredible amount. 
that's what I think will happen if he ends up going to Chicago, because I think that means there was a bidding war. I think the best case scenario for the Eagles is a trade that they've already pulled off with another NFC North team. When when Minnesota lost Teddy Bridgewater and got really desperate and, and bid on Sam Bradford, that was the only reason why the Eagles were able to get a first round pick out of that. And I think that to your point, the Bears, the Bears might be that desperate. And so you're just and I think if you're the Eagles, this is the smart play. Not that anybody believes you, but, you know, you've got this low level offer from the Colts and you can get out at that cost at any time, you know, cash out or you can just bide your time and hope that the bears start freaking out because I, I mean, I, I don't know, but I promise you stats, whenever the trade to Chicago ultimately happens, there will be a headline in the windy city with the Chicago Bears C in front of Carson's name. They're going to spell it Carson with the, with the bear C. Oh. It's so predictable. I hope not. I really like, <laughs> we can do better. We really can. <laughs> what? I mean, if you're a bears fan right now, are you hopeful that they trade for Carson Wentz? Are you worried every time your phone buzzes that, oh, no, we just traded to get Carson Wentz? I I think that it would be terrifying it, because I think the Bears showed promise in being willing to move on, however minimally, from Mitchell Trubisky. And this this would show a regression in that philosophical idea. Also, um, you had the stat, fantastic find by you, that the Buccaneers were the first team in, in Super Bowl history to have all their points scored by players not on their team before. I wonder, uh, just like I wondered during the Matthew Stafford trade, I believe that was the first trade ever that involved two number one overall picks. Um, would the Bears, if they did trade for Carson Wentz, be the first team to ever effectively trade for quarterbacks that were taken in back-to-back years with the second overall pick. Like, th- th- like think about the... I don't know. Think, think about, like, when the, when the Rams-Lions trade happened, people were, were listing out the, the total net loss for the Rams, right? Like, all the... All the things they had traded to the Titans in 2016, and then the two first rounders to the Lions, all for five years of Jared Goff. If you look at the Bears and what they have effectively traded for their right to have a franchise quarterback, everything they gave up to move up one spot in 2017, and everything they will effectively, and then you could also, you know, throw in the pick they sent to the Jaguars for Nick Foles, ironically, and and then you know everything that is going to be acquired or required to get Carson Wentz. I hope, hope, hope as an NFL drama fan that Nick Foles is not part of the trade because I want to see Carson Wentz and Nick Foles on the same team (laughs) again. I'd sign for that because it means more dysfunction for an NFC team and I root for the Niners, so bring it on. Let's go to the AFC really quick on our way out here. The Chiefs don't get the Super Bowl. They're back to the drawing board. I don't want to say back to the drawing board because that's not really accurate, but they're, you know, regrouping for 2021. And it's sort of weird because, like, I never really looked ahead to the Chiefs to see, like, what their team is going to look like. I just kind of assumed, like, okay, they're going to win another Super Bowl and, you know, they'll keep rolling along here. I don't even know, like, who are the Chiefs free agents? How big of an offseason of change could this be for them? Well, I think. I want to give a lot of credit to Pete Sweeney, who's on the best show that the SB Nation NFL show puts out. Monday Football Mondays, you can hear Pete, uh, Michael Kiss, and a really handsome gentleman every Monday morning talking about whatever happened in the NFL over the course of the weekend. Uh, No big deal. But anyway, uh, Pete made a point on Super Bowl Sunday on a clubhouse that we did that I had not considered. Had the Chiefs won, they would obviously be going for their third straight Super Bowl, something that no NFL team has ever done. And he mentioned how he thought that that could be a factor in Sammy Watkins' potential free agency. Sammy is a free agent not that he is an incredibly important part of Kansas City and what they do offensively um, but 
I think if you're Sammy, you think, okay, I got my ring. Maybe somebody else will pay me because of like my my cash value in terms of being a part of this offense for a long time. We're not going for three in a row. Maybe I'll move somewhere warmer, somewhere where they would have a boat celebration if we won the Super Bowl. But Sammy Watkins is a free agent. Daniel Sorensen, who's a low-key important part of that Chiefs defensive and special teams group. Bashad Breeland, Alex Okafor, Damian Wilson, who they poached from the Cowboys a few years ago. Demarcus Robinson, Kaleche Osimile, and who could forget stats? Of course, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, man, a crucial part of their team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, there's not a whole lot going on here. I think there are some role players. Um, but but I think that I think people the, the magic's gone a little bit. Right. You know, it's it's like. We've we've all had that meal at that restaurant that you've shown up to, and, and you've ordered the same thing, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna have it again because last time I was here it was the bomb. You had it again; it was great. Coming back, have it again, 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 and then like the eighth or ninth time, it just it doesn't taste the same way. You know, it's it's a little bit different. I think things are starting to not taste the same way for the Chiefs. As stupid as that is, as a result of one game that they ran into an incredibly great team in, but. That's that's a factor. I, I, I do think that that's a factor with regards to free agency. And, and I do think that they will be less likely to land the, the, the ring chasers that they were last year. One game always makes all the difference. If the 49ers win one more game in 2012 and, the, and they win the Super Bowl over the Ravens, I think Jim Harbaugh is their head coach, which means Kyle Shanahan is probably not their head coach now. I mean, one game, if the Patriots beat the Giants in what was it, 2008? They go six, 17 and 0 or 20, whatever, you know, undefeated. They're the greatest team of all time. Like one game can change a lot of things. There's a lot of ripple effects that happen based on the results of one particular game. So, yeah, like I, I would not be stunned if the Chiefs don't make it back to the Super Bowl next year. Like th- we got to stop treating the Chiefs like what we think they could be and start treating them like what they actually are. And right now, I mean, they could be. The 2020 49ers next year. We don't know. You know, most teams that lose the Super Bowl do not get back. So let's just see where things end up instead of just assuming that they're going to be in the Super Bowl again next year. I agree with you. Um, I equated them to the Warriors the night after the Super Bowl. There's not a Kevin Durant. That's not the way football works. That's coming in to kind of restore order within the Chiefs organization. They already have that player in Patrick Mahomes. Um, stats, I do want to surprise you with with a topic to end on, if that's okay with you. I didn't run this by stats in our rundown. Uh, he seems open to it uh, for anybody that can't see him, which is literally everybody. Um, I, I, I like funny what ifs. Um, as an example, the Cowboys considered signing Nick Foles in 2016 to back up Tony Romo uh, when, when they had Romo and Kellen Moore and a rookie named Dak Prescott. There was, there was talk because Romo was coming off the injury. Maybe we need a veteran in Nick Foles. And I, I wrote a what if a few years ago. What if they'd done that? I, I don't know that Nick Foles ends up back in Philly the next year. Did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? You know, I like stuff like that. Um, so who hosted Super Bowl 55? What, what stadium? What city? Tampa Bay. Do you know that they were not originally the team that were chosen to host Super Bowl 55? Was it L.A.? It was Los Angeles. So that is where the Super Bowl will be played next year at SoFi Stadium. And Adam Schefter reported a few weeks ago, right after the Matthew Stafford trade, that it's expected that a lot of free agents will follow Matthew Stafford to L.A. in hopes of becoming a team that can play in and win the Super Bowl in their home venue. Now they would be the second team in the NFL or NFL's history to do it. Obviously not as cool as the first, but still really cool in general. I wonder, like just pondering out loud, because I at at the point of last year, when Tom Brady left the Patriots, he had accomplished everything he could accomplish, but something he had not accomplished was 
winning a Super Bowl in his home stadium. Like that that had to be a motivational factor for him in choosing Tampa Bay. Would you agree? On some no. on on whatever, however much value it carried, it, it was not a zero percent factor. All right, it might have been far down at the bottom of the list, but it could okay. be on the list. I just wonder if if the Super Bowl changing venues and, and the reason it changed was SoFi Stadium was not ready in time. And so they swapped with uh, with uh, with Tampa Bay, which is why this game was on CBS. Actually, it was supposed to be on NBC uh, and it will be next year in what might be Al Michaels's last Super Bowl. Um, but I just wonder if if that had happened, if if Tom Brady, if maybe the Rams make a make a way to get Tom Brady last year, you know, if if the if that really was an important factor and we don't know whether it was or wasn't. But it, it clearly ended up being a cool thing. And so if if that act of God, so to speak, had not happened, would the Buccaneers be on boats as you and I are recording? I probably not. I mean, I don't I don't know where That's the Bucs awesome. would have gone a quarterback, but it probably wouldn't have been a guy that chucked 40 touchdown passes. I'll tell you that. No, I mean, those decisions make trust me. I'm a Niner fan. Like I was thinking about what if Tom Brady went to San Francisco like that changes everything, too. So, you know, there's like the butterfly effect here with one decision affecting everything else. But the one decision wasn't just what I'm saying is it wasn't Tom Brady choosing the Bucks. It was the fact that that the Buccaneers got elevated in the order to ho- or the Tampa Bay got host uh, elevated in the order to host the Super Bowl because of SoFi Stadium not being ready. And that that happened to align with the year that Tom Brady was available in free agency. And and it, it I, I have to believe it, it was it was at the very least the cherry on top of the enticing Sunday. Hey, if you come here, we're obviously aiming for success right away. You can be on the first team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl at home. And he did it. And if that was the Rams, we, we have seen that the Rams clearly have have known for a while that Jared Goff was not the answer. Maybe a year ago, the Rams say, you know what? Tom Brady's available. He wants or the Chargers for that matter, you know, last year because they were in the mix, too. Maybe Tom Brady says, you know what? I'm going out west, going to the Chargers so I can play in the Super Bowl in my first year. Me, Keenan Allen, uh, not Melvin Gordon, but Austin Eckler, you know, it's going to be awesome. And I think that's crazy that that happened. Oh, it's definitely crazy. Again, I think that that aspect of it would come after the plus in the pitch to Tom Brady. Hey, we've got <laughs> Keenan Allen. We got Joey Bosa. We got all these good guys. Plus, if you come here, you can win a Super Bowl in your home stadium. But it might have been on the list. That's a cool thing, though, that that was even on the list. You I love on some weird stuff. <laughs> this is awesome, dude. This is the stuff. This is the crazy coolness of football and of life. Really, it's it's amazing that it would have. And uh, honestly, uh, it, maybe not to the Brady degree, but maybe part of the reason Matthew Stafford wanted to play for the Rams was was this factor was that the Rams. It, Adam Schefter did list it that a lot of free agents will follow to the Rams this offseason because they want to do the same thing that the Buccaneers did. If they had just hosted the Super Bowl, you know, a few days ago, that would not be the case. I think the thing that the Buccaneers did was win the Super Bowl, not win the Super Bowl <laughs> in their home stadium. I have a feeling that the championship was slightly more important than where they won the championship, but that's just me. But no matter what happens, stay locked in on the SB Nation NFL show because we are going to be here with you all off season long. Please, again, keep your ratings and your reviews coming. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Tell your friends. We really do appreciate it. And buckle up because it is going to be a ton of fun.